here we go. Episode 59. We are now uh, officially live. If you're listening to this as a podcast, then, you know, nothing seems out of place right now. If you're one of the few who are uh, waiting for us to start live, a couple of technical difficulties, which uh, we're going to get into. But how you doing? My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations, the in-arena voice of your Brandon Wee Kings, joined with my podcast host, the radio voice of the Brandon Wee Kings, Rob Mann. Rob, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, thanks, despite a couple of minor technical snafus, but it is training camp. Things are meant to be scrambling this, <laughs> this time is, of year. This is when we do all that. That That is right. You know, so much time and effort into setting everything up so it looks so great, and then you know, have to swap out one battery on one camera, and for some reason... Something just was not working, but that's the Jenga uh, block that brings the whole house down. There's always going to be one. Absolutely. So uh, bottom line is we are here and very excited on uh, the eve of training camp beginning. It is player registration coming up not all too long from now. We have got a couple of guests who are going to be joining us here today. We have a interview that we recorded earlier on with Carson Bjarnason. Uh, Barney was around, so we wanted to sit down and talk to him about a few different things. Meanwhile, we have got uh, Chris Moulton, the director of hockey operations for the Brandon Weekings. He's going to be here live in the studio in about 15 minutes or so from now so if you are watching live on the youtube channel and you want to submit any questions or anything for mr chris moulton by all means uh, go ahead and you can and you can do that now uh rob you are uh, on the verge of your uh, first weeking training camp how excited are you right now today i'm pumped and training, honestly training camp pumps me up every year because there's so much relentless optimism it's like the draft everything is onwards and upwards all these players that you're seeing on your training camp lists some of them, you're wondering what kind of summer they've had. You're wondering how much better they're going to be this season. What kind of shape are they going to come to camp in? How motivated are they going to be? It's a developmental league. So the whole point is the players take steps forward, and you want to see who's taken the biggest. You're waiting to be pleasantly surprised, and you kind of know you're going to be. Like, there's always somebody who stands out in a really positive way, and we could speculate forever on who it might be. I've got a few names in mind. But ultimately, you know somebody is going to jump off the page at you in a way that you didn't expect. And it might very well be the superstars. Like, you might come to camp expecting a Nate Danielson or a Carson Bjarnason or a Brett Hyland to be exceptional, and they might even step beyond that. You never know. I'm, I can't wait to find out. Well, we do have a list of the teams that we're going to be talking about, and very cool this year that not only are we going with the colors of Team Black, Team Grey, Team Gold, but naming it after some Wheat King legends. So if you have not heard, this year Team Black will be named after Brad McCrimmon. It'll be Team McCrimmon. Team Gray is named after Wade Redden, so Team Redden, and Team Gold named after Mark Stone, so Team Stone. going to be very cool and uh, pretty neat that the the logos on the front of the jerseys are from the era that these guys played. It seems that I'm getting older all the time because a player that I grew up watching play for the Wheat Kings is now a Wheat Kings legend. I can still (laughs) remember watching in the 2010 Memorial Cup, the first time I saw Mark Stone live in person, watching him get into a fight with Craig Dunnick, and I don't know if he's been in a fight since in his entire hockey career. But he's come, he's come so far since his time with the Brandon Weekings, and I think looking at his NHL career, which now includes the Stanley Cup, it is fair to call him a legend. Now you're making me feel old because I've seen two of these guys play, and both of them were legends in my day. But I know we have listeners who are going to say, oh, I've seen all three of those guys play, so what does that say about me? Well, uh, it's going to be awesome this weekend to see uh, those teams out there. Again, we're going to go through some of the names that you can expect, and uh, we're going to talk with Chris Moulton about that. As for the schedule itself, everything kind of begins here tonight Actually, before we get even into that, why don't we talk about, about today? Today is a very fun day around here for us. It is the Wheat King Media Day. So this is the day, Rob, that a lot of the, the veterans, they're here, they're getting their uh, their fitness testing done. 
after they do that, they come on in and we get to do all the video stuff and all the photos. And it's just generally a fun day to be around the guys. Absolutely. They get to come in and meet Perry Bergson, uh, by the way, a player or a person that's... Uh, what a huge thrill that is yeah, as well. That's, that the is the that. highlight of their day. Although... And how bright is his shirt? That's always a game we like to play as well with, with well, Perry. Well, not bright today, but certainly multicolored. And I was saying to him today, actually, I've seen him wear a ton of really vibrant shirts. I don't think I've ever seen the same one twice. I don't, I don't think so either, but I don't think he ever also owns like like a lot of new shirts. Perry is a master thrift shopper. He goes and he finds some very unique, unique shirts. Uh, as uh, any of the King fans who have seen, of course, in the past number of years when we have these, like, for example, training camp reports. Every single day this weekend, I can almost guarantee that when we have Perry on the interviews, every day is going to be a different, very brightly colored shirt. But uh, it was a, a lot of fun with them. Um, we did a whole bunch of the, of the video stuff, doing the, the the video profiles, showing off some of the characters. And I'm telling you, these guys, this group this year, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun, Rob. They're a fun group of guys. They're easy to talk to. They're very good conversationalists. And what strikes me is they're all excited. We talk about the excitement around training camp. When you talk to these guys, one of the first things they'll ask you is, how do you feel about this season? And I've responded, well, I'm pretty excited. It looks like a good group. It looks like there's opportunity to move up within the division because there's kind of a shifting of the balance of power. And these guys will talk about what a good group they have, how excited they are. I think there's some high internal expectations. I know there is within the organization, but I'm very sure now after today that there's high expectations within the dressing room. There sure is, and it's not going to take very long for us to see really how this is going to start to, to shape up. Tonight, it is registration and then all the heights and the weights for the players, a bit of a player and parent meeting, but tomorrow the action begins, and everything that we're about to talk about, it is free and open for the public, so please come on down. Uh, you can watch all these things that are happening on the ice. Begins on the ice tomorrow morning at 9.30 with a team practice. That's the team of Crimin going to be practicing. At 10.30, we got another team practice at 11.30, the first skill session is going to be at 3. That one is off ice. So 9.30, 10.30, 11.30 is all going to be on ice. You can go watch. And the first game is going to be happening tomorrow at 4.30. So you can go and uh, you can check out that game. The full schedule is up uh, on the social media. And uh, it's, it's going to be a very jam-packed weekend with games on Friday. you got two on Saturday. The one on the Sunday is the one, Rob, where they, they do end up switching the team. So we go from a Crimin, Redden, and Stone at that point to a all-non-veteran players game. So that Sunday game is for basically all the non-returning players, their final chance to show the coaching staff what they can do. That'll be a very interesting one. That one's happening at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and all the things we've talked about so far, all happening here at the Keystone Center, West Oba Place, before Monday, the annual black and gold game. This one is one that I know I always have a lot of fun at because you get that great mix of returning vets who are still trying to prove themselves. You get those carryovers from the rookies who, you know, some of the listed guys. There's always those battles in camp. By Monday, those battles are at their peak, and that game is at 1 o'clock, and that's the one event that's not over here at the Keystone. It's over at JNG Homes Arena. And the rookie game is always fun because when you get any other game in camp, you get guys thinking to themselves, well, I'm playing against guys who might be my future teammates or who are my current teammates, so we won't go pedal to the metal. We won't necessarily finish all the checks we would in a regular season game. The rookie game, there's kind of a mentality of, A, I know there's spots in the black and gold game on the line, and B, these guys aren't my teammates. Some of them might be. Some of them hopefully will be. But I can maybe go a little bit more all out 
in a game like that. There's a little bit more driving the net. There's a little more nastiness. These rookie games tend to have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. And then there's the black and gold game. And we might be tempted to think, because there's 19 returning guys in camp, that there's nothing to battle for that there's no roster spot up for grabs. Well, first of all, any WHL veteran observer will tell you vets do lose spots with poor training camps. There's nothing that's written in stone yet. There's no guarantee that if you were on the team last year, you're going to be on the team this season. Returning guys are great once the season begins. You need that veteran leadership. But if you're a veteran guy thinking, yeah, I was here last year, my spot's safe, I'm fine. The rookies are going to teach you in a real hurry that that's not the case. You also have those battles of we've got a number of the last couple of years, again, first, second, and third round draft picks who are here fighting for those spots. There's sometimes guys who are lower in the draft that develop later, or a guy like when Carson Bjarnason came into this organization two years ago, undrafted, signed over the summer, came in, wowed everybody at camp, and now, like I said, here he is. And we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. But there's always those storylines to follow as well. And we're going to talk to Chris Moulton because there are uh, a, a number of guys who could easily stand out in that way. Um, meanwhile, uh, we have got uh, not, just, uh, <laughs> not just that going on, but, of course, getting ready for the entire season at the same time, uh, uh, preseason. Before we get further into that, Rob, it's a podcast. It's a little more free form. Last week was more about getting all the bugs out, making sure it all worked this week i want to kind of pull back the curtain just a little bit before we get into carson bjarnison before we get into chris moulton our new voice the brand of weekings rob man we've read some articles with you uh but now to actually get to get get to hear you talk um you know tell us like last week we talked briefly about just you know we knew kind of winnipeg and, and pa but kind of tell us a little bit more about your journey about how you got here so play by play became a passion that i almost backed into I very, very luckily fell into this. I was working uh, with the Manitoba Bisons writing game stories. This was when I was still in creative communications at Red River. And just off to my right in the press box, which the Bison had at the time, obviously looked a lot different then than it does now that the Winnipeg Ice have remodeled it and then departed, leaving the Bisons with an improved arena. There was off to my right uh, a webcast going on with Play by Play. It was for Canada West TV. And I thought, well, I've never done this before, but... I'd like to give it a try. And the guy said, sure, we're always looking for play-by-play guys. Hop on. And in 2014, I got on my first webcast and immediately, right away, it was, okay, yeah, this right here. I want to do this forever. And I've been running down that that career path ever since. It's taken me to Estevan, Saskatchewan for four years where I had a blast. It's taken me to Prince Albert for the last two. Now for the first time since 2017, I get to come back to Manitoba. So it's kind of brought me full circle. And of course, the last two years, I got to call games at Wayne Fleming Arena, where I started out, where I called my very first game. So it felt very, it felt very set. It felt very full circle. Yeah. Wow. So you went from there, and then you were in the SJ. What teams were with the SJ again? I was with the Estevan Bruins, and I was spoiled when I was in Estevan. Our first season was 17-18, and obviously, what a lot of people unfortunately remember about that year is the Humboldt Bron- Humboldt Broncos crash, and it's something that's embedded in my memory from that year. But it's it's along with you know just a really good group of guys that I got to work with, both coaches and players that I'm still in touch with to this day, and a team that went all the way to Game 7 of a very, very emotional SJHL final against the Nippon Hawks. It, I don't know how many broadcasters can say they had a year like that in their lives, and I got it my very first year. 
So if I wasn't hooked on broadcasting when I started, I sure was by the time 1718 was finished. Well, we are uh, sure excited to have you along. So, again, welcome, you know, officially. Uh, we have got uh, a lot to get through. Right now, we do have to play this interview that we did uh, with Carson Bjarnason, who was uh, here in the studio earlier on this week. And then when we come back, we're going to be live with Chris Moulton. So if you are watching live on YouTube, make sure to drop in those questions. Marty, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, there you go. Good. How are you guys? Good, man. Good. Good. <laughs> it's been a busy summer for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a little <laughs> bit of running around. We have seen you around here lately, though. It's nice to get some life in the building. You know, it's been a long summer without having players around here. It's nice to get you guys back in and exactly that, breathe, breathe, breathe some life back in here. But it's been very hectic for you. You've been in and out doing a lot of things. Let's go back towards uh, the end of last season. Let's uh, let's talk through the draft. What was that whole thing like? Yeah, I guess first and foremost, obviously, Danny's there, right? It's pretty special to share that with him, especially him going ninth. That's... You know, really proud of him for for doing that. That's that's awesome for him. Um, just there with my family. Showed up in Nashville uh, a couple of days before, just kind of get to tour the city a little bit uh, and get to know what what's going on and how much of a party city it really is. And uh, yeah, we got to go to the uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame, so that was pretty sweet. Saw a lot of cool stuff there. Um, obviously, me and my brother playing guitar for the last few years. It's kind of cool to see Ethan. My brother Ethan had the same guitar as a lot of you know famous people in there he, he just picked it up the other month there so um it was cool to see that uh cool to see the city we got to see the rink got a tour of that and then yeah obviously draft day second day it was sitting at 51 and uh, i wasn't sure who would take me I, i'm you know i'm a goalie so it's kind of kind of just a toss-up so it was pretty cool to go there yeah i don't think there's such thing as a boring nhl city to have the draft in. they tend to pick pretty good locales but it feels like you hit the jackpot getting to go to nashville oh yeah all the uh, all the buddies of mine that did go to nashville said they you know obviously for camp staying there they said it was just so so wicked it's just it's a nice place uh and they they kind of gave us the the debrief of it um you know it's over the last few years it's definitely become a hockey city and um just the culture that the you know a city has what was one of the coolest things that that you saw there at the country music hall of fame oh man there was definitely a lot of johnny cash stuff Um, (laughs) very cool yep and he had his own little little store downtown uh that we went to i picked up a harmonica there so i'm i'm figuring out how to play that the glutton in me is wondering how the fried chicken was. Nashville's got the reputation for that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I got to I got to uh, try a little bit of everything. I tried some steaks. I tried the chicken there. I tried yeah. I mean, you name it. I, I had the mac and cheese there and stuff. And yeah, it was all it was all pretty good. That's we're, awesome. We're hunting a sponsor for the podcast tourism Nashville. You want to get in on this? You want to <laughs> send us some stuff? Like we're <laughs> we're on board yeah. here. Yeah. Not sure. not the only NHL city you got to see this off season though. You got to go to Philadelphia to be part of the Flyers development camp. What was that experience like? Oh, it's super cool. Uh, you just you're treated so well. Um, no matter where you go, I'm I'm sure every every NHL team does pretty well, but. Um, you know, I've heard Philly is, you know, pretty top notch in, in the way they do things around the rink and uh, little habits, little things you do throughout the day. It's, you know, it's it's pretty cool to be able to say that I, I went to Philly. What was that whirlwind like? So going back to the draft where you're waiting to hear your name called, you don't know who's going to take you because and you even like you interviewed with almost every team in the yeah. NHL, right? Yeah. So you really, truly had no idea where you were going to be going. Yeah. Um, so from that excitement of being picked to meeting all those people to then basically going right after development camp very quickly uh, just kind of talk us like through that process of meeting all of them going on development camp the next day was probably the quickest turnaround i've ever had i mean you're 
at the draft and the next morning you're flying out so um first that was that was something to get used to I didn't know how long I'd stay there for either I just wanted to you know be able to kind of go off my own and see what the city was like obviously so it's um I got to do that for a little bit and then came home but yeah I mean everybody's gonna say the same thing it's pretty cliche that you black out and you don't really know what's happening right like you don't you'd think that when you're watching interviews and stuff you're just like you don't you don't black out like that's not what happens but you really have no clue what's going on like I I was thinking that I was going to be worried about if I was going to trip over the steps and stuff I walk funny in the first place so <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know if I'd make it down the stairs in one piece but uh I did and then yeah I was I went down there um they had a jersey for me, and they had my name already, and hats, and it was spelled it was, right. Yeah, it, apparently it wasn't the first time, and oh, then they really? made another nameplate that was spelled right. So good for them fixing their mistakes, because I did happen to do some <laughs> digging, uh, and I don't, I won't call anyone out individually, but when I was looking through articles on the Flyers development camp to see what the uh, the pundits and the media thought of you, they were impressed, but there was one guy who consistently referred to you as Connor Bjarnason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a little worse, I guess. Yeah, I saw spelling that. the last I name. I saw I saw a couple of times they spell my name like with two S's. There's two N's one time, Bjarnason. Yeah. It's it's all good. It's a it's a wacky last name. I don't blame. It's all good. <laughs> if there was anybody who wouldn't be offended by it, it's probably you. So <laughs> I try to be easygoing about it. I, I understand. That's true. Now, you are an easygoing guy, great community guy. Uh, we talked about that already on the podcast and the relaunch there in episode one. Um, but, you know, for this year, Carson, you're coming into now your third year with the team. Yeah. Uh, very exciting roster looking like on paper. Looks to be a big bounce back year. How exciting is it for you to see where the team was and now where the team is going? I'm ecstatic. I'm super excited for this season. It's going to be, I mean, obviously we have Roger and Charlie coming off a pretty hot hot summer there. Um, same as me. I, like last year, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that too, and they were overseas, so it's just that much cooler, right? They, they're they uh, hopefully going to be coming in with a lot of momentum, you know, a lot of confidence, which they should have. They're two great players. So uh, same thing with me and Danny. Hopefully, I'm, you know, we're going to be around for, for the first bit of the season too and, and throughout the year, so it'll be... It'll be good. I mean, we do have some leadership stuff to, you know, kind of hash out. We want to make sure we're kind of changing our program here, um, you know, making sure we're including all the young guys and stuff as we were before. But, um, you know, just really making that a, a stable uh, in our in our leadership ways. And, yeah, Manti, Highland, obviously, all those kind of guys. Um, Kanger, it'll be, it'll be really cool. And a lot of returning guys in particular on the blue line. How much easier does that yeah. make your job as a goaltender knowing who's going to be the first line of defense in front of you every given night? Super important for sure. You, you learn to communicate. I remember when I was 16 and my first few practices were absolutely horrendous <laughs> playing the puck. Um, I don't think the coaches were too impressed with just the way that I was communicating stuff. I didn't know how to. I I'd came from triple a bantam basically and uh, throughout that next covid season we didn't play so uh to have q back kanger um you know turns all those kind of guys that are you know always vocal and they they know how i play it's it's definitely really uh, gonna make my job easier and you've had a great summer like not to just blow smoke up your butt right now but like you're looking great you're looking like you're in shape like you were working out like you enjoyed some nashville chicken but you didn't eat too much of it uh just talk us through like like how this summer was going just for your personal training in midst of all this chaos yeah it was definitely important so i wanted to take a step in this summer um i haven't always been the 
you know, the most filled out guy. So that's something I kind of want to work on and try to put on some mass. And um, Philly definitely helped me out with that. They have some wicked facilities there and just overall, you know, people that can help you out with everything like that. So uh, I put on some size there. And then obviously coming back, you're just kind of working out. You're kind of staying away from the ice a little bit. When you talk to hockey players who, you know, come from sometimes even other WHL teams, but from junior A, junior B, and they're making their way up, and they come and they see our facilities, they're absolutely blown away, right? Because yeah. what we've done last few years here with the Wee Kings, it's, it's all world class. But then to be fair, you go to a place like Philly, what was that like yeah. walking into that room and just seeing how yeah. their setup is? They had just they had just redone, like, most of what I was walking into, so... It, it was almost brand new and either way if it wasn't it was in the next like it was in with, within the last like five years or something they said so it was it was so sweet I mean you just you walk in and you can they're like take whatever you want take this take that and then they're you know telling you to make yourself comfortable introduce yourself I got to see got to see the head coach there too and got to meet him so um yeah, I mean, overall, I'm just super, super glad that I got to do that for the first time instead of, you know, having to do it here at training camp coming up. And, um, you know, you just kind of take that first stepping stone, right? There's a pretty clear Western Hockey League connection with the Flyers organization. And we'll come back to the Brandon connections in a minute because the organization is still covered with them. But there's one in particular I want to talk about, and that's Carter Hart. Yeah. You're going to get a chance to work with him a little bit, maybe learn from him when the main camp of the Flyers rolls around. Mm. How excited are you to get to watch him a bit? Super pumped. I'm super excited. He's Him and Carey Price were my two kind of favorite growing up, especially um, you know in that World Juniors that he played in and one so since then it's just definitely been a, a kind of common tendency for me to try emulate my game uh, to those two as best as I can and obviously I take some tools for myself but it'll be really cool I'm excited to meet him and then there's the Brandon connections that we've been kind of talking about you know just between Chris and I They're, they've changed a little bit the Flyers have changed management some players have moved on but there's still some pretty deep ties it seems between the Brandon area and the Flyers organization is that something that you knew about going into the draft or after you got selected yeah, I kind of thought about it more afterwards. Um, I I tried to do my research on every team a little bit. Like you said, I, I had kind of talked to, you know, most teams. So it was important for me to kind of walk in knowing what I was, you know, coming into in case I had an interview after and I was just I was stunned and didn't know what to say. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like just making sure I knew some of the players that, that had been there um, kind of throughout the whole weekend's history kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall. It's kind of kind of cool to say that I'm a part of that now. So, yeah, that's awesome. So now we turn the page. We are like a week away from like Week King training camp and everybody yeah. getting back. How much have you talked to the other guys about this season so far? Like, have you have you been in touch with like obviously Danny? You were yeah. talking about you're at the draft and and uh, but like, like all the rest of the team. Are you guys starting to amp up the group chat a little bit yeah. now? That's getting closer too. <laughs> it's starting to get active. Some guys are too active. <laughs> <laughs> who's the who's the? Okay, you gotta call somebody out. Who are the guys I who are getting are too active oh already? Gosh, I don't know. Who's just too excited? Oh man, Jovi's gotta Jovi's gotta <laughs> slow down a little bit. Jovi's Seven, pretty amped up. Seventeen. No, it's okay. I love to see it. He's he's a great kid. I'm super excited for him to come in. Uh, it'll be it'll be awesome. Doesn't every group chat have that yeah. one guy? They're like, my phone's in my pocket right now, just spamming messages. There's somebody yeah. in one of my group chats doing the exact same thing. You know, it's either Calder and me arguing or. It's Jovi just saying some random stuff, <laughs> telling him to be quiet, leave my phone alone. Uh, this is 
like a brotherhood when you know you guys when you guys get back together and you guys are together a lot during the season riding the bus together so i can only imagine about how much excitement yeah. there is you know around this time for you guys to build up yeah. it's a little different than like a back to school feeling probably a little a little a little yeah. more happier yeah mom used to make me like back to school but this is something i can kind of naturally naturally flow into which is nice so uh, i think this year more than anything i'm just I'm amped up to get going with the guys. Uh, I miss them all. Obviously, like you said, it's they're all your brothers out there, and you you live with these guys every day. So, it'll you know it'll be really cool to get back and see all of them. And we talk about the family too. You got obviously lots of family yeah. in the area. Everybody's everybody's good. Everybody's coming out to the games again this season. Yeah, yeah. I think I think some people got some season tickets, and then obviously you have a couple that can you can pass out to your parents. So they'll be around and uh we just moved to this summer my parents moved just outside of carberry uh so it's a nice little acreage there and a um, little bit more of a, a longer drive but you know they'll be able to make it out that's awesome all right barney any last questions there rob just one last one for me because you mentioned brotherhood there chris and that kind of yeah. jarred something in my mind here the fraternity within the fraternity there is goalies and there's going to be yeah. some young goalies yeah, coming yeah. into the team this year they're going to be looking at you the way you might have looked at a guy like ethan kruger your first year yeah, what kind for of sure advice are you going to offer them mm -hmm. yeah i mean for me Krugs was really important to the way that i you know kind of made my my stable and my stepping stone into the league uh he helped me out a lot he just kind of gave me those little reassurance uh quotes and just you know he really helped me out so i'm just going to try to you know kind of do what he did for me um obviously if they have questions i'm going to answer them i'm going to be honest with them and yeah just super excited to meet all of them especially the new new drafted guys and stuff so yeah, camp's fun. I love it. Again, our big thanks to Carson B. Arneson for taking the time there and talking to us uh, earlier this week. Here we are back live now in the Brandon Wee King studio and joined magically with the director of hockey operations. We got Chris Moulton. Moulty, how are you? Ah, uh, good. I'm. Uh, you like a kid at Christmas? I am uh, getting there. Yeah, I, it's uh, the, the preamble is the preamble can be a little tedious, but. Uh, the closer we get to being on the ice, the better I feel. So, yeah, we're getting close. So I'm excited, yeah. That is awesome. It's yeah. a very, very exciting time around here. We got we got a lot to get through. Uh, we only have you for a few minutes because this is the day of registration. So as we record this, we are less than an hour away from registration beginning. You got the players and parents meeting happening later tonight, and the teams have been decided. Before we break down some of the players we want to talk about, what was it like building these teams with the assortment of talent that the Wee Kings have coming into this weekend? It was it was good. I mean, I did I did it at home about thirty five times trying to figure out what was fair. And <laughs> usually, what happens is, as you say, Jesus, one team's pretty stacked, and then there'll be the team that's zero and three. So it's uh, uh, we you know what we just try to being that this is the first time in, in Brandon since I've been here where we've went to just three teams and had no rookie camp. We're trying to find the balance between veterans, and then the veterans go to kids that are that are close to playing or gonna play. And then you got some 08s that aren't going to play, and then you've got some camp invites. So each team you try to balance that out where you just have a really good balance because when it comes to camp, um, it's all about matching lines. We don't, we don't want Nate Danielson playing against an 08 invite yet, you know. So we'd have to try to figure it out where we have four four solid uh, forward lines according to where they are. So And so it was, it, was, it was fun, but, I mean, I've done this a thousand times, so... And once I play around with it for a few hours, I usually try to get it close anyways. So. You touched on something there, the lack of a rookie camp, and we were talking a little bit about it just between us, and you mentioned that that actually is pretty helpful for you as you're trying to evaluate these players because you're evaluating them in the same setting. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is is 
what I, what I learned here in Brandon for the last couple of years is, you know, when we, when we got to like game three in main camp, you know, Roger McQueen and Klippenstein and Hadland and, and Alec had, that was their, like their eighth game, you know? And so it was a lot. So now we literally have, you know, three games and then, black, and then the black and gold game. And, uh, and it does, you know, it does clean it up quite a bit. You know, when you're having a ton of rookie camps, you know, you keep inviting kids and sometimes it might bring the level of play down a little bit. And now the kids that we have here have legitimate opportunities to make our hockey team. And the kids that are, that can't make our hockey team have legitimate opportunities to be on our list. So it becomes instantly competitive. When you're talking about building his teams as well, uh, you're talking about trying to make it, you know, but fair and how that battles out but also there's got to be some direct battles that you're excited for when each of these teams faces each other just to see how these guys match up so let's go through a couple of the names that we do see here that we have coming in the year that we're going to start with for kind of obvious reasons is the 07s those are the players that are coming on and this would be their natural rookie year and there are a lot of top prospects on here uh in the last couple of weeks we've talked about a, a number coming into this um some of the top 07 battles, who, which ones are you most looking forward to? To be honest, the entire 07 forward group for sure. Um, you know, Joby, had, Joby Ballmiller had come in and has played games, and Easton Oded had played games. But, you know, to be truthful, we, we're, we, we've just got a really strong group of 07s, and we were never in a hurry to sign anybody in that group because, to be honest, we wanted to get to this stage where it was competitive and they were actually really ready to play. And so now these 07 forwards are coming in, and the D-man too. Uh, the 07 forwards are coming in to make our hockey team. They're not coming in, our, in to you know, prove that I'm better than Johnny or better than Jimmy. They're coming in to say, I want to play and I want to play now. And so that entire 07 group uh, up front, uh, it is going to be crazy competitive. And the best part about it is you have different dimensions. You know, you have, you know, you have Brady Turco, who is you know, advanced level has hockey sense and skill. And then you have other players like a Ben Binder Nord, who is just this hard kid that plays a big body that plays up the middle. You have Brendan, you know, Brendan Van Owen, who is, you know, such a slick, slick goal scorer that has an innate ability to find holes to, you know, Dominic Greco, who's like lightning in a bottle that just flies and, and going on and on, you know, Ethan Stewart and all these types of guys are just good players. So if I can honestly say going in, we don't know who the next 07 is going to be that's going to play on our roster. And, that's an exciting part. And going back, you want to extend it even further. We have, you know, Grady Hope. We have Emerson Clark and we have Tal Flory. And here's three really good young D-men too that are coming to push. So that's the key right now is not the key, but that's a super exciting part for me because now we get to decide who's who. And for a long time, you're saying, okay, what are they going to be like when they have a chance to play? Well, now they have a chance to play. And all, like on the 2007s, I mean, you did a great job. You know, name most of them. Like, there's going to be great battles. There's one here that was not a draft pick, but is a list name. And this name just jumps out. I said I was going to ask you about this player because I can't imagine how awesome it would be to see this name on the back of a Wheat King jersey. Tell us about Thunder Blanket. <laughs> yeah, Henry. He, Henry Thunder Blanket. Henry Thunder Blanket is a very solid hockey player. Um, our scouts identified him early. Um, he. He just plays the game hard and he's honest. And uh, we, he was one of the first guys when we put out our scouting. I put out to my scouts, hey, who do you want to come to camp? And my Saskatchewan was a guy like, they said, if we can get Thunder Blanket to camp, it's going to be good. So he's, he just plays the game hard. He seems to have a passion. And, you know, I've, I've dealt with him a little bit through texts and email and my scouts have. And he's a great, great young man that's excited to come to Brandon. So, he, you know, he's just one of those guys that's going to come and push. 
So I'm sure you won't make the team based on this, but as an announcer, the name Thunder Blanket, it's it's exceptional. I can't wait to say that on air a couple of times. That's... Especially as me, the public address guy. Can you imagine if I get to give that name a little sauce after oh, yeah. after a goal? I'm, I'm sure Henry would love Come that. Come on, Multi. Let's Henry do this. would love that, too. He's waiting for that. <laughs> it's like a car going downhill. You don't need to give it a push, but if you give it one, it's going to go far. <laughs> yeah. There is another name on there that's, okay, maybe it doesn't have quite the same luster of a thunder blanket but i will say i do i do have appreciation for this name and more importantly it sounds like we have some appreciation for this young man's hockey talent and that's owen corkish a guy who stood out at some previous skates the weekings hosted yeah we're um he was outstanding at our prospects camp and you know we had a ton of conversations about him uh, coming into camp and my, our, our, our guy in minnesota our scout kept saying geez i want to get him to camp i want to get him to camp and i said well let's make sure like let's list them so we can try and little did we know that, you know, if the family has ties to southern Manitoba. So it wasn't as tough a sell as we thought it was. And uh, what a great kid from a great family. And uh, he is going to turn heads. Uh, his skill level uh, is, is high. He's, he's intelligent and he can skate. So I'm hoping that Owen does, uh, does, the, does the same thing when he gets here. And, and w- w- another guy I kind of omitted was Winnipeg's Quinn Parker. I mean, here's a, here's a six foot three kid that's, <laughs> that's smart and strong so this is just like that's it and we still have we have we have we've invited a couple of 07s from winnipeg that are invites that are good players so it's going to be the 07 group is going to be super fun to watch uh one player who's still kind of in that category in terms of you know trying to make the team but uh, a late birthday that is uh klippenstein now carter klippenstein looks fantastic at prospect camp we described him as a man amongst boys and here for video day, we were doing stuff with him. His demeanor, uh, the way he was just prepared, it seems like, for camp. Expecting a couple big things from some of those kids as well. Yeah. No sixes. Carter's next step is the Western Hockey League. You know, like he, we fully expect him to play and stay. Um, he probably could have played last year. Uh, but, what a, you know, here he is, a kid that's from Lethbridge. He, he decides to go to the edge. Never been at the edge, and they make him captain. So he's captain to one of the best U18 teams and they had a great season there as well season. with him as captain, correct? 100%. So sometimes it's just better off leaving them where they are. You know, every kids don't need to be in a hurry. And for him, what a great thing. He goes and he's a captain. He, he learns to live away from home, and now he's ready. And Carter is going to be a very good Western Hockey League player. You very much then, I, I would, would surmise from that, that you take the, that same approach as a lot of NHL franchises would, right? The That time down, same thing with players in junior, don't rush them up. Little different with with our timelines and theirs, with just trying to delay that three year entry level contract from starting, where ours is a little more you know time sensitive. But something like that could be a lot more beneficial for that kid to stay down there, be a part of a very successful program, be not just a part of it but a major you know integral part of it, and then be ready to step in the next year. Well, it's you know what, it's always a balance of uh, what kind of how they are mentally, how they are physically, and how, what their abilities are. Some kids, some kids are so ready to play but they're not ready to leave home. Some guys are mentally ready to leave home and are mature enough, but their game isn't ready. And so it wasn't that Clipper was lacking any of them, but I know that when he went to Calgary, every one of those things grew. And I am like that. I, I don't see the hurry in, in rushing kids to play. I see more failure than success a lot of those times. So for me, it's never in the hurry. But for a guy like Clipper, um, it, it just it, it made sense at the time. And I'm glad he did it because he's way way farther ahead right now than he would have been had he been sitting on a bench somewhere. 
That said, it sounds like there are a lot of young players who have a legitimate shot at competing for at least an exhibition audition with this group. And I think Wheat Kings fans are doing the math and going, well, we've got this many roster spots. We've got this many guys who, in theory, could play. Somebody's going to be the odd man out. What kind of competition level, based on that, are you expecting for this group? Um, we're a non-playoff team at the end of the day. Um, we thought we had a pretty good team last year. Uh, we fell short. But uh, there, there has to be a change. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're going to change the players, but that you know, our veteran players have to understand that these kids are, these other kids are coming to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also invited some, I mean, we'll talk about that, I think, but we've invited some you know, guys with Western Hockey League experience. We invited two guys from Junior A. So, yeah, the, the biggest thing is, is we, Marty and I and our group, wanted a competitive environment to say, hey, you know, and if you do not want to elevate your game and you do not want to make, be a playoff team, then you might not be a fit for, for the Wheat Kings, and we're going to keep pushing that because we, we want to be successful. All the other 2006s, in terms of the forwards uh, on the on the camp list here, were players who were part of the team last year, except for Klippenstein. On the back end, though, that does change. Uh, let's talk about a few of these guys who are fighting for spots. Uh, so let's start with uh, with Prohar. Uh, just another guy that... Um that one of our scouts said, hey, like, I like this kid. Can we give him an opportunity? So just, you know, an intelligent puck-moving defenseman that played U18 in Saskatchewan. Okay. Um, Billy Chow is one of our guys there, and he's in, he's in PA, and, and Mark Penny's in Regina, and they have a really good handle on that U18 league. And so uh, Prohar is just one of those guys that's a puck-moving guy, and we wanted to see if he can elevate his game. So there's two more on here for the 06s. There's Bray. Yeah. Who's Bray? So Ryland, he's a he's a Manitoba Ryland guy. Bray. Yeah, Ryland Bray, Bray, U eighteen kid, good sized kid, plays the game hard, makes a good first pass. Um, we he was a guy we identified right away as well. Uh, he'll come in and he'll be competitive. Yeah. Another one is one of our picks. That's Lambert. So yeah, and Evan and Lambert. We know Lambo good. Yeah. And he's right on the cusp. Um, we just need another gear. You know, we needed one more step. And uh, he was he stuck around for a while last year. Had a really good year this year. And uh, you know we. To be honest, with a guy like Lambo, he's got to go now, and so we're 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 hoping that he takes that step in the next you know week or so. Chris and I were talking about this before you arrived. That part of the exciting part of training camp is seeing who does find that next gear. Somebody's going to. It's a league where players are coming in with a lot of growth and development under their belts just by getting a year older. For you, is that part of the excitement as well? Seeing which players have made the most of their summer, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I. I about in the, probably about two weeks ago, I sent about seven text messages to seven of our veterans, and I said, "Hey, it's time. You know, like, it's it, we have expectations that you're going to be better. Not that they were poor, but we need better, and that that comes with being a non-playoff team. So um, there is we have we definitely have a group of veteran players that need to take a step uh, in order for us to be better, and f- in order for them to have personal success. So um, yeah, I I I, I expect uh, an intense competitive camp and an environment and if our veterans aren't prepared then there's going to be somebody that will be and as you alluded to that some of the players pushing them actually do have junior experience elsewhere and those are players i think we want to dive into a little bit and talk about and one of them spent some time last season in the western league and that was hayden wedden and looking at him what i notice is if you go back a couple years he had a lot of success in manitoba's triple a circuit well we'll bring up both guys we'll bring up defenseman trey fouquet to forget he both of these kids were really good minor hockey guys. Good, they were drafted. They were played. They had lots of success at minor hockey, and maybe things didn't go their way. But I believe both kids. Like for me, you know, Hayden has a chance to come in and stay. You know, it's up to Hayden, right? And and Trey's the same way. Like I think Trey was disappointed being got let out of PA, 
And I think he had, I mean, he even told me he's had a lot of time to reflect on what he needed to do. And we said, well, change it and we'll figure it out. And so having two guys, that's another thing that we've never had since I've been here is we've never brought in junior guys or Western League guys. And it automatically makes it competitive because these guys know what it takes. So having Wedden and, and having Hayden and, and Trey there, it's, it just it brings up our camp. But we're also going to give them an honest opportunity and a look because I didn't want to waste their time. I, this is these are legit opportunities that we want them to take. I'm I, glad I, you brought up Trey actually really quickly because he was in Prince Albert the two years that I was there, and I know he was a third round pick of that organization. There's potential there, and I think when the exhibition games roll around, if he's part of that roster that gets to get a little bit of competition in there, that's when Wheat Kings fans might fall in love with this player yeah. because during the exhibition series when he was allowed off the leash, so to speak, this kid hits like a truck. He and Big River last year against the Saskatoon Blades threw one of the hardest hits I've ever seen, like a throwback Rob Blake-style hip check on a guy and knocked him in the next week. This kid has some nastiness to his game. And that's what we're hoping. I just think I'm not taking anything away from our previous group, but once again, non-playoff team, need to compete harder, need to play harder, need to elevate our game, and if, if somebody else comes in and they deserve that opportunity, they're going to get it. Well, I'll tell you this. When I first saw the camp rosters, and there was no first names, I just saw the last name. I saw Fiquette. I thought, oh, does he have a brother? And they said, no, it's Trade. I went, I remember that draft, him being picked, and our guys being disappointed because they would have wanted him. A lot of teams would have wanted him. So, you know, to have him come here, hopefully reset and have a great camp, that would be that would be huge. Uh, you mentioned not just uh, uh, those guys, but a couple of junior A players as well that we're bringing on in? Yeah, we have Boston Harkness, who played in Melville. And I've, I've had some time for him before and our guys in Saskatchewan. And, you know, he's a big, lanky guy that takes up space, that has the ability to make plays. And he was just one of those kids that it just seemed like he still wanted to take a crack at, at the Western Hockey League. And then the other one is Dittmer, who's a, who's a local guy who was on Everett's list for a, few, for a couple of years. And, and when Everett uh, released him from his list, I thought maybe that'll be another fire for him. You know, he played in Winkler and, uh, you know, he, it's just another opportunity, right? Like sometimes these kids, you know, not take it for granted, but they get to the Western Hockey League and they're like, okay. And then it's a bit of a humble experience when they get released and have to go back to, to junior A. And so I'm hoping that that's the case with these guys that when they're back in junior A, they go, okay, well, this might be my last opportunity here and I'm going to take it. So I'm hoping both guys have some success. I do want to get your opinion on something because you've talked a couple times about the guys from the Saskatchewan AAA circuit. And I've heard more than one scout suggest that for whatever reason, Saskatchewan's AAA league seems to be a very mature league. Like, it's a little bit tighter checking. It seems like guys come out of it a little more defensively responsible. Has that been your experience? It's a funny thing because, it, so everybody makes fun that Saskatchewan's U15 league is a double A league, but then their U18, they, they take a step. So that's what everybody always kind of gets concerned about. Oh, you took a kid out of Yorkton that was a double A U15 kid, why didn't you take the kid out of AAA? Well, because that kid's going to be playing U18 in Saskatchewan. The biggest thing that I think is, is unfortunately, um, the, the Saskatchewan U18 league is is a really good league, and it, it they almost treat it like junior. So it kind of mentally prepares them. The other thing is, is BC and Alberta for sure have the tendency to lose a lot more players to the CSSHL. And uh, so that kind of, that does take away from the minor hockey programs in Calgary, Edmonton, Red Deer, Kamloops, Kelowna, Vancouver. Um, but in Saskatchewan, the majority of the kids stay. And uh, so the best players in Saskatchewan normally stay, and it makes their league more competitive. But uh, I've been doing this for a long time, uh, 28 years, I think it is. And uh, I've always had a fondness for kids that came out of the U18 league in Saskatchewan, for sure. We've talked about uh, the forwards, the defense. One thing we have not really cracked into yet is the goaltending. Mm-hmm. And 
obviously, we have a great goaltender in Carson Bjarnason, second-round pick, Philadelphia Flyers, expecting a big year from him. Uh, but the battle for backup after that, you got Nick Jones, who's coming on in, uh, who you know had uh, some experience here last year. And you got a couple of young guys who are really pushing him, including uh, Ethan Eskett, who we saw at a prospect camp. Uh, we had Green get into a game uh, or two last year and, and played really well. What are you most excited for, for for the goaltender battle? Well, it's just it's who wants to be the guy. You know, obviously Jonesy can be the guy. You know, Jonesy, Jonesy can push Barney. You know, but for me, it's one of those things where Jonesy has to come and, and be his best for a little while here and prove that he's still the guy. You know what I mean? And um, Ethan one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best 06 goaltenders in Western Canada. You know, he just needed another year at Yale, and he's physically and mentally mature. He's ready to go, and and he'll push. He'll push Barney, and he'll push Jonesy. And then Ryder Green, um, you know, here's a kid from Northern BC that we took a bit of a flyer on, only saw him one weekend, but we liked him. Last, at last year's prospect camp was okay, and camp was okay, and then he just grew. You know, he just, you know, he was good, but... We wanted more, and then at Prospects Camp, you could see that this young man put the work in and was really good, and I just picked him up at the airport here, and uh, he's grown again, and he's become a mature young man, and, and he will push for a future goaltending spot for sure. And and uh, like I said, we're, we're, you can't have enough of those guys. You know, like you, you don't have goaltending, you don't win. Don't care how good you are. And so if we can build an abundance of guys and, and you know, either have a place for them or have a place somewhere else, that's fine, but we need the, we need goaltending. There are certain franchises, for whatever reason, seem to churn out more positions than others, just, you know, generally. For me, I felt like the weekend goaltending has always been near the top, just mm-hmm. in terms of who's in the system and, and, and who's coming on up. Um, how, how do you feel about this current crop of guys? Would you say that, like, compared to all the other, you know, teams in the division, that the guys that we have here across the board would be near the, like, top of your list? I think we do just fine. And I... And in, Trust me, I am not a goalie guy. So I, if I look back on my career, I I, uh, I didn't knock it out of the park. I think I listed Dustin Tokarski at a Christmas tournament, and that was good for me. But there's been a lot of guys that I was wrong on. Um, and, and, yeah, we just you have to have an abundance of those guys and take chances. It was no different than the draft this year. We really liked Dylan McFadden, but I really liked Grayson Mraz. And so, you know, we drafted Dylan. I went home, I sat on my couch, and I'm like, how come he didn't get drafted? How come he didn't get drafted? I really like him. I really like him. I, I, I can't miss out on this kid. And then I, I said to Marty, I'm listening, Grayson, because, you know, I really like Dylan, but it's, it never hurts to have a couple of those guys. So he listed Grayson, and he was great, you know. So I just don't think you can have enough of those guys. I mean, you can't keep them on your list and bury them so nobody else can have them. But, you know, you have, you have that, that honest competition. So then if all of a sudden we fill our holes and there's room for somebody else, we can move them along. But... I just think you can't have enough good goaltenders in your system. And per, if, per, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, if people want to see that direct battle between Maraz and, and, and McFadden, you have them on Team Redden, so people can see in the direct game how they're going to go head-to-head with each other. Yeah. And prevailing wisdom in the NHL with goalies is you don't often use a first-round pick on them. Like You can go down the list of NHL goaltenders who've gone on to Vesna-worthy careers who they've found in the sixth and seventh or fifth rounds or whatever the case may be. Is it the same in your experience scouting young goaltenders that it can be tough for them to get to that first-round pick area? It's scary. <laughs> it's, I have, so I, I always think when I say this, is my, this was my 28th draft, and I took a goalie in the second round once. Uh, no firsts. Maybe a third, I can't remember, but I went as high as a second one time. And um, it is scary, especially at our level, because you're drafting 14-year-olds. 
right? And uh, when you look at the size, like Dylan McFadden's going to be a big kid. We knew that, but he's, you know, sometimes I compare him as like a baby giraffe. He's got some work to do. And then you'll have a guy that's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, that's way more polished. And But can they play at our level? So it's 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 a scary thing because goalies are always tough. I, I think... Uh, I think somebody told me in our organization, Kelly McCrimmon, used to say we don't draft goalies, we trade for them if we need them, just because it's a scary proposition. But, um, yeah, it's it's risky. I mean, but the kids that went this year, that went at the top were great goalies. So it just depends on what you want. The last thing we're going to talk about is the group of uh, 08s that can't stay for the full season. They know that going in, call up on an emergency basis only, end of the year, come up as black aces, kind of thing. But of those 08s, we still going to be having a lot of battle because they want to show that they're ready to take this next step. Now mm-hmm. you're excited to see all these guys. I'm assuming as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we 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 drafted some competitive competitive young kids in that OE group, and so we you know obviously Jackson uh, Jackson's going to play exhibition games. Isaac Davies will play exhibition games. Uh, Gio Pantelis is going to play exhibition games. All, all the signed guys. All the signed guys except for Nigel Baim, who broke his arm, uh, and that's. Oh. Yeah, so he's yeah he, he was, he's a great player. But then on top of that, you know, when you look at Ganda and Bandera and uh, Boyce and Fedora, like just they're good kids and they're good players. I love how you guys have described them too. Like they seem like the kind of players the Weeking fans are going to love. Those spark plug, energetic, get in the corner and battle kind of guys. Yeah, th- yeah. Work work for the puck. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they play, they play hard. We're gonna. <laughs> We have a group of kids that are super competitive. And, and to be honest, that that was dictated from our previous year. Like we thought last year that we had enough skill, but we, we didn't think we played hard enough. Uh, and it was it's not about fighting. It's about battling, competing, getting to pucks first, adversity. And uh, so when we went into this year again, we thought, hey, like we need some kids that, you know, are warriors, you know, and, and, and we'll work with them. And that's what we think we've drafted in that 08 group. Well, we have only got half an hour now until your registration, so we appreciate you stopping on by and doing this with us. This is not going to be like a one-and-done with Chris Moulton. We're going to have you back on, because especially after camp, we'd love to talk to you again uh, as we get ready for preseason. So we have got game number one of training camp happening tomorrow at 4.30. Now, again, all the games we're about to mention here are absolutely free, and all except for the long weekend Monday game are at the Keystone Center. So at West Oval Place, you got Team Stone versus Team Redden tomorrow at 4.30. You got Team Stone versus Team McCrimmon Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Team McCrimmon versus Team Redden Saturday at 5.30 p.m. On Sunday, those teams are going to be scrapped for the day. All non-veteran players, which, Chris, that game is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of different reasons because we're talking about these battles. We're going to see it in game one, two, and three. But when you get to that game four and you take out the vets, and this is your last chance on Sunday, and after that, that's when those cuts are made and you find out who's going to the black and gold game on Monday. That one will be huge. So 11 a.m. And then on Monday, we move over for the black and gold game at J&G Homes Arena. And that one is going to be at 1 o'clock King's Kitchen will be open that'll be uh, as always a lot of fun as we do a bit of a production show for it as well so black and gold but uh, Chris we still got your really quick last thoughts on that on that game number four the all non-veteran players because we've sort of done this before but it's never been like this like they've taken out some of the vets but there's still been some just to help keep some consistency this is the first year since I've been here the Wee Kings have done all non-veteran for that last game yeah, on we Sunday. just we just knew that the veteran, all the veterans will play in the black and gold game, and we wanted to give uh, the other kids another game. But we also wanted to, you know, we we know that some of the veteran players are going to carry the load uh, for, and during their games, 
And then after everybody's comfortable and the 07s and the 08s are super comfortable, they're starting to reach their, their where they want to be. And then we're going to put them in roles to be successful. So then they're the go-to guys. And uh, yeah, it'll, it's, I think it's, I mean, obviously 10, 12 kids from that game will still go to the black and gold game, but I just wanted to pull them out, pull those veterans out, give them a practice, give them a break for this, for the Monday game. And yeah, that'll be a super competitive game. That's, that's going to be the fun one when we start to break the scouts and I start to break up the teams for that one. Cause it's going to be competitive. Are all the scouts here? Uh, no, I've, uh, I've, I've only seen a couple of them. I saw sour. Yeah. So Unfor- Mark's here. Unfortunately he's here. And, yeah. <laughs> and then and of course all the local guys, yeah. but uh, all the rest of them. Cause I know like we're getting everybody in this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I, mean, I was just joking about Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Those are my boys. They do a great it's the job. podcast. We can, we can do that. Yeah, we fine. can joke on a podcast. Yeah, we, Where do we come yeah, to? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, yeah. We have a, we have a great group of people that I love working with. We like each other a lot. So yeah, two or three of them are here today. The rest come tomorrow. We'll make a few trips to the airport, but uh, they're super jacked. They love coming to Brandon. They love this. This is their Christmas too. They get to see their kids that they've competed or competed for and uh, fought for as well as they get to see the invites. So um, yeah, I, I love my guys and they're a great group. So I'm excited. No, it's always a lot of fun and uh, love getting them back in. Just like all the players, it helps breathe life and some energy back in this building. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend gets so mad at me all summer long because all I all I do is wish away summer. I, I want it to be winter. I prefer ice fishing over real like summer fishing. I work in hockey, right? Like this is when you want to have the events. So love having everybody back. This is great. We got lots of energy, lots of reasons to be excited uh, for Brandon Weeking Country. So Moltz, have a great weekend. Thank you. Enjoy, and we are going to talk to you again on the podcast, if not next week, the week after, because we've got a. We got to catch up again. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate right. it. appreciate you coming. Thanks, on, uh, So uh, the home opener that is coming on up here on Friday, September the twenty second. We have got the Regina Pats going to be coming to town. You got your tickets for uh, for that going to be going on sale here uh, right away. Coming up on the fifth of September, actually, all of the single game tickets are going to be made available. So you can go and you can check that out uh, next week. Here we have actually got the job fair going to be happening. It's happening at five thirty to seven thirty at the Brandon Weeking office next Wednesday. You can go and uh, drop off uh, your resume at that point or email ahead of time. It's office at weekings.com. But uh, we're going to be looking for uh, just uh, building our game staff building uh you know for for working at fan zone if you ever wanted to maybe be willy if you ever thought yeah I, I should be the one who gets to put on that awesome costume and go and have a whole lot of fun then uh we're gonna be looking for that as well so game day job fair wednesday the 6th 5 30 to 7 30 as we uh, get back here into the studio and uh <laughs> you know what i'm gonna transition that anyway we're gonna show that <laughs> <laughs> as 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 Chris Bolton was walking out, so we talked about the about the technical difficulties. That's hilarious. We're gonna leave it like that. They can show my empty cup. Uh, we talked about the technical difficulties heading into this thing with 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 the camera. Ended up having to quickly swap cameras, and then this one was just sort of like sitting there balanced. And as uh, Chris Bolton walked by, he absolutely knocked it over. So now on the screen, I'm completely sideways. But for most of the listeners of this podcast, they're not going to tell. So it's fine. I mean, for an auditory medium, we're, uh, we're doing okay here. But uh, anyone who's, anyone who's watching on, if you can twist to match that camera angle, you are more of a contortionist than I gave you credit for. That is, that is my dexterity at work there, trying to put that camera back where it was and just not being able to do it. Hey, wait, look at this. The other camera started to work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, all it took was a oh, all it took was multi knocking something loose on top of it. Oh, Moltz, How Moltz did that has got happen? the touch. 
Now we got that great feed. Of course, it happens at the very end. You know how it is when, like, if you have a problem with your computer and you call the IT guy, the IT guy just shows up and all of a sudden everything's working and you feel like a jerk for dragging him away from his desk. Moltz has got that touch, I think. Anytime we we got technical problems, we just got to get him in here. We should have started with him. That is unbelievable. That is so funny. I cannot believe that the camera's now working completely fine. (sighs) It's what delayed us, but all right. It's preseason for us, too. It's all going to go smoother from here, folks. Uh, Big thanks for listening. Episode 59 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Uh, Rob, I am super excited. We talked about this. I'm I'm so stoked. I'm so excited for this weekend. We have got uh, so much to look forward to. A lot of games coverage. And this is not the last people are going to be seeing from you. Uh, For me, not until next week. I like to be behind the camera. This is the one thing I still kind of do in the public. Besides that, it's going to be you on camera this weekend. We're going to talk to Perry Berkson, all the scouting staff, and get their thoughts on these games so people who want to follow along can uh, tag along with the Weeking social media all weekend long. Absolutely. We have been counting down the days to training camp pretty much since I arrived. The countdown hits zero tomorrow, and I could not be more pumped. This is going to be an awesome weekend, and it's going to lead into an awesome season. Absolutely. So until we uh, talk to you again, have yourself a good one for, uh, you know, the old email. We still haven't set up the new one, but people want to get a hold of us. Maybe we should give this out. If you ever want to have any questions or comments for the podcast, you can find us online too at weekings.com. But it's chris.falco at weekings.com and rob.man at weekings.com. Quickly, Rob, how many people pronounce your last name Mahone or Mahan before they actually meet you for the first time? Pretty much all of them. Everybody? Out of the blue, I was at the police fire games a couple of weeks ago. One of my best friends was competing in it for Winnipeg, and the security guard looked at my ID and said, okay, Rob Mann. Never met this man in my life. First time I've ever heard anyone pronounce my name correctly first try. It clearly stuck with me. So good for the security guard whose name I did not catch at the police fire games, who apparently has some familiarity with my family name. There you go. For Rob Man, I'm Chris Follico. We will talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Cheers.